What's up everybody? Jen, ex-dividend investor here. Did you know that the original Caterpillar tractor was one of the most important military vehicles of all time and was credited with helping the Allies win World War I? I did not know that. Today, in my seventh stock reveal video, I'll tell you all about that and a lot more during my deep analysis of Caterpillar, a dividend aristocrat which is my 19th largest stock by market value in my dividend portfolio. Am I supposed to be impressed? After this video, I've got another 18 more stocks to go until my entire portfolio is revealed. As I said in my channel intro, my primary goal is to create a set of fun, educational, and inspirational videos that my kids can utilize to learn how and why their dad invests in dividends so that someday they can take over growing the dividend portfolio. I'm also here to inspire people into seeing what's possible if you don't give up. You can do it. You can accomplish your goals. You know why people don't make it in dividend investing? It's because they give up. It's because they quit. They don't want to sacrifice. It's too hard. It's too slow. But how bad do you want it? Are you willing to work hard? Harder? Can you delay that need for instant gratification? Can you dig deep? Can you take the calculated risks? It's what you do that defines you. I know you can. Going forward, I'll start sharing the dividend checks I've received for Disney, Pfizer, Home Depot, Chevron, Travelers, Goldman Sachs, and Caterpillar until I start doing monthly portfolio updates listing all the dividends I've received in the previous month and any buys or sells that I've done. Please check out the timestamps if you want to jump the portfolio section where I share the Goldman Sachs and Travelers dividend checks I've received in the last few days. That being said, it really helps me if you watch or listen to this whole video as it took a ton of effort to put together. Did you know that Vanguard is the largest shareholder of Caterpillar stock in the world? Bill Gates is also in the top five, as are BlackRock and State Farm Insurance. Who could have guessed that? Keep watching to learn fascinating insights into Caterpillar, as well as how I analyze it. I will cover in-depth financials, concerns and risks you really should be aware of, their leadership, what price I would buy it at, and a slew of other useful information you don't want to miss. Caterpillar is the world's leading manufacturer of construction and mining equipment, diesel and natural gas engines, industrial gas turbines, and diesel-electric locomotives. It is the world's largest construction equipment manufacturer. It has products that are available in more than 180 countries, serving 27 industries around the globe through its offices in 20 countries. They have over 100,000 employees working all around the world per their 10K with heavy concentrations in Latin America, Asia Pacific, Europe, Africa, and the Middle East. During its 90 years of existence, Caterpillar has grown to become the leader in nearly every business it operates. Winning. They have continually improved their machines to operate in all conditions, from ice to desert, always operating flawlessly. One unique aspect of Caterpillar is that they have an extremely high degree of quality and control over their production processes. They have a brand that people know about and trust. People often say cash is king. Well, I say cat is king. <laughs> That's so funny. Last time I heard that, I laughed so hard I fell off my dinosaur. If I'm going to go mining in the Yukon, I'll want Caterpillar in my arsenal. If I'm excavating sand in the Middle East, again, I'd call on Caterpillar. Watch this short blurb of Caterpillar telling you what they do, for whom, and where. 
our customers work in many industries, in all conditions, and in countries around the world. Our job is to deliver the machines, engines, power systems, and ideas our customers need to make a profit and get the job done right. Our job is to ensure their success. That means investing in research and development, getting more done with less fuel, getting more done with fewer emissions. It means designing, building, and delivering the solutions our customers tell us they need. Now, when you look at third parties that identify Caterpillar's main competitors, the same names come up recurringly. Here we see that John Deere and CNH Industrial are two key competitors, and in this analysis, they rate Caterpillar higher than anyone else. And here we see Owler ratings that list both CNH and John Deere as Caterpillar's top competitors. And then this is from their 10K. Deere and CNH are also the first two competitors that Caterpillar calls out from their own 10K. I'll use Deere in this deep analysis as they have higher revenue and are a well-known American company. Deere, ticker DE, was founded 182 years ago and manufactures agricultural, construction, and forestry machinery, diesel engines, drivetrains used in heavy equipment, and lawn care equipment. You've probably heard their slogan, nothing runs like a deer. I actually used to mow lawns with a deer. Now on to business. Caterpillar is a 94-year-old industrials manufacturer and is ranked 58 on the Fortune 500 of the largest public U.S. companies by revenue and has been on that list since 1955, the year it started. We see that Deere is ranked at 87th on the list behind Caterpillar. Cat is ranked 190 on the Fortune Global 500 compared to Deere at 329. They are also ranked 43 on Fortune 2019's World Most Admired Company, a list they have been on for the last 12 years. And Caterpillar ranked 87 on the 2019 Forbes Most Valuable Brands list. And John Deere ranked below it at number 98. Are you kidding me? Okay, now let's hear about Caterpillar's history. Caterpillar's beginning started with a mechanical genius named Benjamin Holt, who was born in 1849. He was an American inventor who patented and manufactured the first tread tractor. Before he invented this tractor, the steam tractors of the 1890s and early 1900s were extremely heavy and would often sink into any parts of the land that were soft dirt. Holt designed a tractor to use wooden plank tracks bolted on with chains to help spread the weight over a large area, preventing the vehicle from sinking into soft ground. He founded the Holt Manufacturing Company with his brothers in 1883. Listen to how the name Caterpillar was started. So they were going to shoot photography, and as it started coming across the field, a person said, that looks like a giant caterpillar, because, you know, the tracks were moving like this, right, across this field. Did Mr. Holt take with that right away and, well, and buy into that, or what was his reaction? Well, he wanted to call it other things, like paddle wheel was one of the examples. And, and so it took a little bit before, you know, that, that stuck as their trademark. But it really was based upon this first prototype machine. So what happened over the next couple of years to get this to a, a, a production machine, and you've got a customer? Yeah, yeah. Well, that kind of evolved. He From number 77, he built another machine um, that served as a prototype. But the third machine he made, which again was a steam machine, was the first production model, serial number 111. Holt Manufacturing was successful, and they shipped tractors around the world 
including 1,200 tractors to England, France, and Russia. During World War I, Holt tractors were put to work hauling artillery and supplies, being uniquely capable of navigating the challenging terrain. The British were impressed by the Holt tractor, and they decided to use it as a gun tractor. Over the next four years, the Holt tractor became a major artillery tractor used to haul giant howitzers. Holt tractors were also the inspiration for the development of the British tank, which profoundly altered ground warfare tactics. The Holt tractor became one of the most important military vehicles of all time. Holt's equipment was credited with helping the Allies to win the war. Who knew that by owning Caterpillar, you were owning something so special in world history? After the war, Holt went through some challenging financial times. He died in 1920, and in 1925 his company merged with the competitors to form Caterpillar. Okay, let's look at some of their current business strategies. Caterpillar's overriding objective is to grow profitability and is enabled by three main strategies. Number one, enhance operational excellence. Number two, expand offerings. And number three, expand services. I recommend reading the May 2nd investor transcript if you want to dive into details to understand the nuances of their strategies. Beyond the why of their strategies is the how. Caterpillar has developed an operating and execution model which enables the achievement of their strategy using data analytics as a catalyst to optimize their outcomes. I love it when companies are big into data. They also call out their core values as being foundational to how they do business, which is exactly the type of company I'd love to work for. They're also heavily incorporating lean processes into their org, much like Toyota is known in the industry for having done. They spend billions of dollars on R&D, which explains why they have thousands of patents. They own more than 20,000. Incredible. Wow. And those patents can really help build up a moat around their business. One of the items they enumerated from an Investor's Day presentation was their plan to increase sales to $28 billion by 2026. They are also cutting costs via streamlining processes and optimizing their manufacturing footprint. Let's dive into their financials. In my previous videos, I talked about the three areas I like to understand when I'm analyzing a business, but I actually talked about profitability without naming it in a section. So now I'll do that going forward. So there are four areas I like to look at when I'm analyzing a business. Number one, is the company growing? Number two, can the company cover what it owes in the next year? Number three, do they have too much debt? And number four, how's their profitability? Let's start with number one. There are six main things I like to review when answering the question, is a company growing? Number one is revenue growing. Number two, are earnings growing? Number three is equity growing. Number four is cash flow growing. Number five is the dividend growing consistently over a decent period of time. And number six is the stock price growing over a decent period of time. So let's start with number one of six is revenue growing. So let's look at the revenue growth history for both Caterpillar and DE using macro trends. I'm going to round numbers to the nearest billion and nearest percent. So we see that Caterpillar annual revenue for 2016 was $39 an 18% decline from 2015. For 2017, it was $45 billion, an 18% increase from 2016. And for 2018, it was $55 billion, a 20% increase from 2017. And then for Deer, we see that their annual revenue for 2016 was $27 billion, an 8% decline from 2015. For 2017, it was $30 billion, a 12% increase from 2016. 
And for 2018, it was 37 billion, a 26% increase from 2017. Those increases are healthy, and I'm normally happy to just see 5 to 10% growth. We also see CAT's revenue breakdown by geographic region. And I love seeing that a significant portion of the revenue is coming from a broad geographic base. We also see that CAT's recent revenue increase was primarily due to higher sales volume, mostly due to improved demand across all regions and across their three primary business segments. It is helpful to be aware that during 2017, they incurred 1.3 billion in restructuring costs, with about half of that related to a closure of their facility in Belgium. We see that both CAT and DE followed similar trends with a dip in revenues, followed by a strong trend back up. CAT has more revenue, but DEER has had higher percent increases in the last few years. Sometimes when you see a bunch of down years followed by up years, it, it can be due to a leadership change. CAT actually brought on a new CEO in January of 2017, and it looks like metrics turned around. A sub asked me why I read out the information that's on the screen. There are a few reasons for that. Number one, I like to call attention to the most useful info on the screen. Number two, a lot of people are on mobile and can't always see all the data that people on desktops can see. Number three, I want to help any vision impaired folks who want to learn this info. And number four, I want to help out any hearing impaired folks who are utilizing the resulting closed captioning. Okay, let's review revenues by region and segment. Here we see that their core business segments are machinery and financial products. Machinery has subsegments, which are number one, construction industries, which is primarily responsible for supporting customers using machinery in infrastructure, forestry, and building construction. The majority of machine sales in this segment are in heavy and general construction, rental, and quarry and mining. The increase in revenue in construction was mostly due to higher sales volume for construction equipment. Sales were also higher due to currency impacts, primarily from a stronger euro. Subsegment number two in machinery is resource industries, which is primarily responsible for supporting customers using machinery in mining, quarry, and aggregates, heavy construction, and waste and material handling applications. So hydraulic shovels, trucks, etc. The increase in revenue in resource industries was primarily due to higher demand for both mining and heavy construction equipment, including aftermarket parts. Subsegment number three is energy and transportation, which supports customers in oil and gas, power generation, marine, rail and industrial applications. This includes reciprocating engines, generator sets, marine propulsion systems, gas turbines and turbine related services, the remanufacturing of Caterpillar engines and components, diesel electric locomotives and rail related products and services, and product support of on-highway vocational trucks for North America. The increase in revenue in this segment was primarily due to higher sales volume across most of it. Their number two core business segment is financial products. They also have another segment, but it's so small I won't cover that. CAT's financial business is to provide retail and wholesale financing alternatives for Caterpillar products to customers and dealers around the world. Retail financing is primarily comprised of the financing of Caterpillar equipment and machinery and engines. CAT Financial also provides financing for vehicles, power generation facilities, and marine vessels that, in most cases, incorporate Caterpillar products. The increase in revenues from the financial segment was primarily due to higher average financing rates and higher average earning assets in North America and Asia Pacific. Now it's helpful to review some forecasts for how CAT's industry is growing. 
Here we see that both China and India show strong growth for construction equipment, with all other regions having slight upticks in 2019. And on this chart, we see a forecast from Statista, which shows global construction equipment sales increasing 28% from 2016 to 2020. This is an industry outlook for mining activities per S&P Global Market Intelligence. We see that they estimate relatively flat revenues through the end of 2020, primarily due to relatively stable metals and mining commodity price assumptions. All right, number two of six are earnings growing. Let's look at CAT's net income trending over time and compare them to DEER. I'm going to round the numbers a bit. So Caterpillar annual net income for 2016 was minus 0.07 billion, a 103% decline from 2015. Caterpillar annual net income for 2017 was 0.75 billion, and their net income for 2018 was 6 billion, a 715% increase from 2017. Deere's annual net income for 2016 was 1.5 billion, a 21% decline from 2015. For 2017, it was 2.2 billion, a 42% increase from 2016. And net income for 2018 was 2.4 billion, a 10% increase from 2017. We also see the delta in their profits from 2017 to 2018 for Caterpillar in the bottom middle chart. Feel free to pause the video if you want to see this detail from their 10K. Thank you. CAT's increase in 18 was primarily due to lower tax expense, higher sales volume, decreased restructuring costs, and improved price realization. The increase was partially offset by higher manufacturing costs in SG&A and R&D expenses and lower profit from the financial product segment. I like the fact that Deere's net profit remained robust through these years, whereas CAT was more volatile, with higher highs and lower lows. Number three of six, is equity growing. We see that both CAT and DE are buying back shares at a fast clip. Neither has solid trend lines of increasing book value per share year over year, which I'd prefer to see. I'll go into their respective buybacks in details shortly. Number four of six is cash flow growing. To answer the question, is a company growing? Let's look at free cash flow per share. Cash flow per share is a useful measure of a company's financial flexibility. It is also harder to manipulate through accounting tricks. Free cash flow per share is a measure of how much cash per share a business generates after accounting for CapEx. When free cash flow is positive, it means that the company is generating more cash than is used to run the business and reinvest to grow the business. A negative free cash flow number indicates the company is not able to generate sufficient cash to support the business. We obviously like our businesses to be capable of supporting themselves. Now let's compare CAT's free cash flow per share to DE's. Here we see a similar trend of free cash flow per share with CAT trending better in the last three years. Okay, now let's move on to number five of the six, is the dividend growing consistently? Caterpillar is a dividend aristocrat and has paid a dividend for the 94 years of its existence. I saw this graphic in a recent 10K of theirs, which of course I love to see as it speaks to the importance of their dividend. Here we see that Caterpillar is a dividend aristocrat as of 2019 and has consecutively raised their dividend for 25 years in a row. John Deere, on the other hand, has only been increasing their dividend for one consecutive year and has had a lot of delayed increases to their dividend in their history. The other thing that is important to call out is CAT's payout ratio at 32%, 
they have tons of room to continue to raise their dividend aggressively. So when we look at deer compared to caterpillar, we see that deer has actually gone up in the last year. We talked about their PEs, forward PEs. Let's see. So we see that deer has a three-year dividend compound growth rate of 2.4% versus cats 3.7%. Deer's five-year dividend company growth rate is 4.5% compared to cats 11.5%. And then deer has a 10.3% 10-year dividend company growth rate compared to cats 8.7%. And their five-year dividend company growth rate is 8.31% compared to cats 11.41%. So if we're looking at yield on cost, we see that at year five, deer would be at 3%, which is crappy. Cats at 5.11%, which is you know kind of mediocre. Then at year 10, cat looks good at 9.92%, and deer still not too compelling at 4%. At year 15, cat is at 11.77% to deer's about 8%. Year 20, we see 17.86% for cat versus 13.05% uh, for deer. And then at year, let's see, year 30, would have around 41% for cat, 35-ish percent for deer. And at year 40, 94% uh, and 93%. So Caterpillar blows deer out of the water for a dividend play. But deer is still an incredible company from a total return perspective. Going beyond dividends, it's great to see that both companies are doing share buybacks. While I prefer dividends over share buybacks, because I'm an impetuous child who wants immediate gratification, I can still appreciate the careful repurchase of shares at appropriate times and it's something I think is useful for you to dig into when you're analyzing a company. Here we see that CAT has reduced their share count by 19% since 2005 and DE has reduced it by 35%, so advantage dear, though they started from a smaller base. From their 10K, we see the following. Caterpillar said it will raise its dividend payment by 20% to $1.03 per share with the expectation of increases of at least a high single-digit percentage over the next four years. Yes! That's awesome! Caterpillar also said it plans to repurchase shares on a more consistent basis with its remaining free cash flow with a goal of offsetting dilution during market downturns. Their CEO recently said, our enterprise strategy for profitable growth is working. We achieved or exceeded the financial targets we communicated during our 2017 Investor Day, which resulted in record profit per share in 2018 and the first quarter of 2019. We will continue to execute our strategy while investing to double service sales by 2026, an area of significant opportunity for further profitable growth. So I love seeing a 20% dividend increase. That is just insanely awesome. Here's a quick blurb from their CFO on their cash allocation. Again, very strong cash flow. Again, operating cash flow of about $2 billion for the quarter. We ended up the quarter with a cash balance of $7.4 billion, and we returned another $1.9 billion to shareholders through a mixture of share buybacks, $1.4 billion, and about $500 million of dividends. And don't forget, we've actually increased the quarterly dividend from this quarter onwards by 20%, which shows our commitment to actually returning a cash to shareholders. Finally, number six of six, is the stock price growing over a decent period of time to help us answer the question, is a company growing? 
Let's look at total returns of CAT compared to DE and the S&P 500 over the last 20-ish years. So this is from Dividend Channel, their total drip returns calculator. It models what would have happened if you invested 10K into CAT, DE, and SPY in 1998. The top shows dividends reinvested, the bottom is dividends not reinvested. What we see here is that CAT and DE performed similarly and about twice as good as SPY performed. What's really funny is that CAT and DE literally had the same total return if you invest dividends, and they both went from $10,000 to $91,354.74, which is a 818% return as compared to SPY's 341% return. However, if you had not invested dividends, then they both would have still blown SPY out of the water by almost a 2 to 1 margin, and DEER would have outperformed CAT by a few percentage points. So Deer and Cat do the best here, both easily outperforming the S&P 500 through the dot-com bubble and the 2008 recession. Here's a graph from Cat's 10K that compares their total shareholder returns to the rest of the industry for the last five years. It assumes a $100 investment uh, at December of 2013 and dripping dividends. You can see that Cat outperforms the S&P 500 as well as outperforms the industry it's in. Cat ended at $163 in this exercise. SPY at 150, and the rest of the industry at 145. Okay, now onto the number two main item I like to look at when I'm analyzing a business. Can the company cover what it owes in the next year? It's good to understand if it can cover its short-term debt obligations. I like to use the current ratio to, to determine that. It is important to compare ratios in the same industry due to fluctuations in what is normal. Let's look at macro trends. A ratio higher than one indicates that a company will have a high chance of being able to pay off its shorter term debt, whereas a ratio of less than one indicates that a company may not be able to pay off its shorter term debt. So the higher the ratio, the more liquid the company. All other things being equal, creditors consider a high current ratio to be better than a low current ratio. I like to see ratios between 1.5% and 3%. Here we see CAT at 1.44 and DE at 2. Guru Focus tells us the industry median is 1.66. So CAT is a bit below industry median and DEER is above it. So DEER looks better. Okay, the next main item I like to look at when analyzing a business is if it has taken on too much debt using the debt to equity ratio. If the ratio is greater than one, the majority of assets are financed through debt. If it's smaller than one, assets are primarily financed through equity. We see that in 2019, CAT's debt to equity was 1.66 and DEER's was 2.39. We also see that CAT's debt to equity was ranked lower than 95% of the companies in its industry and DEER's ranked lower than 99% of them. You also might want to do a modified debt to equity via taking out the negative impacts of treasury stock. A high treasury stock can skew up strong balance sheet to look weak. Buffett has said he likes to see debt to equity under 0.5. And we see that CAT is at 1.66 and DEER is at 2.39 for their most recent debt to equity ratios. So they're in line for one another, but I'd like, still like to see lower, even for their industry. Let's see if we think that they can cover their interest payments. So let's see if EBIT is at a reasonable level. Looking at their latest EBITs, we see that CAT is at 9.19 billion and DEER is at 5.64 billion. I normally like to see EBIT greater than or equal to three times net interest. And I see both are over that, which implies that their interest payments are covered. Number four, the final main item I like to look at when analyzing a business is to understand their profitability. So let's look at their earnings power or return on equity. 
ROE is sometimes called the mother of all ratios for the reason that it helps us gauge a company's efficiency by looking at both its income statement and balance sheet. Return on equity and return on asset ratios are both known as profitability ratios as they indicate the level of profit generated by a business. They both gauge a company's ability to generate earnings from its investments, but they don't exactly represent the same thing. Together, however, they provide a clearer understanding of a company's performance. Return on equity is how well a company is using the money shareholders have invested to turn a profit. So it shows us whether management is growing the company's value at an acceptable rate. A high ROE normally goes along with a high price to book ratio because investors bid up the price of a company that gives them a better return on their equity. Similarly, companies that have high earnings growth rates generally have high price to book ratios. Investors expect the book value of equity per share to grow. However, if a high growth company has a high price to book ratio and a low ROE, that growth may not translate into shareholder value. This might mean share price is going to suffer. Normally, I expect to see 10% to 15% to cover the cost of capital and make money for shareholders. So ROE is the income that's being generated as a percentage of shareholders' equity, also known as book value. The higher the ROE, the better, because that means the business is doing really well since they're able to generate a high amount of profit given a particular level of investment in the form of equity. And we see that CAT and DE are both higher than 95% of the companies in their sector at these crazy good levels, especially CAT at 41.6% versus DEER at 28.3%. Let's continue on and look at return on assets to see how efficiently CAT and DEER are squeezing profit from their assets by looking at return on assets. ROA is a measure of how well a company takes all the money it has and uses that to make more money. ROA is a metric which is used to calculate management's effectiveness to understand how much profit a company earns for every dollar of its assets. Here we see that CAT's most recent ROA is 7.98% and Deere's is 4.63%. So CAT is doing a lot better than Deere. Guru Focus tells us that CAT is ranked higher than 85% of its competitors when it comes to ROA and that Deere is ranked higher than 65% of its competitors. So again, CAT is looking better. Okay, the last profitability metric we will look at is net margin. I like the net margin because it's a decent metric in just a single figure, which looks at how effectively management is running the business. Let's talk business. The net profit margins I like to see varies between business types. Some businesses run tight margins, like airlines, low-end retail, and grocery stores, which are all generally under 3%. The financial industry, such as accounting and tax prep, is a high-margin industry. Healthcare is another high-margin industry, with things like outpatient care centers doing well. I like to see solid net profit margins because that often gives a business more optionality and durability to survive during hard times. Here we see that CAT's net margin is awesome at 11.26%, better than Deere's at 8.55%, which is good. The industry median is only 3.75%, and CAT has a net margin higher than 91% of their competitors, so they are top of the line. Deer does well at 82% better than all of its competitors, but CAT really shines here. Okay, let's move from their financials to community involvement and charitable giving and to their environmental, social, and governance work. In 1952, Caterpillar formed the Caterpillar Foundation to alleviate poverty and to place people on the path to prosperity. I absolutely love that mission, as one of my personal goals is also to help people get on the path to personal prosperity by consistently investing in quality companies over the long term, 
while also living within a reasonable budget. The Caterpillar Foundation has contributed more than $715 million to enable education, the environment, and basic human needs. They have worked to enable access to energy and clean and safe cooking technologies. They have helped families impacted by natural disasters. So really great contributions to society. They also have a scorecard of metrics they are driving towards, including leveraging more renewable energy sources. Finally, it's good to be aware that CAT was named to the 2019 Dow Jones Sustainability Indice, the DJSI, which is the 20th time Caterpillar has been included on it. The reason they were included is a variety of reasons, such as because they cultivate a workplace where team members feel supported, leveraging employees' unique talents, skills, abilities, backgrounds, and experiences, also because of their collaboration with suppliers to assess sustainability performance and identify improvement opportunities, also due to recognition of their human rights policy and program, and because of the public reporting and third-party verification of social and environmental goals and progress. The annual DGSI process follows a best-in-class approach, evaluating numerous corporate, economic, environmental, and social performance factors. Okay, let's quickly look at CAT's senior leadership team. Their top execs average about 13 years of tenure, which is positive to see. They have some minority representation, which is also great to see. I'm fond of looking at companies tech leaders, and here we see that Denise Johnson amongst their top execs, an MIT graduate that also interestingly leads up their material handling and underground mining divisions. So it's good to see that integration of tech expertise with hands-on business experience. Andrew Bonfield is Caterpillar's CFO. He is the newest senior exec to the team, having just joined in 2018. That being said, he has extensive experience as a CFO, most recently at a British utility company, but still relatively improving at Caterpillar. Jim, the CEO, joined a Caterpillar subsidiary in 1980 as an associate engineer and worked his way all the way up to CEO on January 1, 2017. So an incredible 39-year tenure at one company and again proof that it's possible to work your way up to the very top ranks of a company. Now a good data point to gauge how a CEO has performed is to check the stock performance since they joined. Here we see the cats in black, spies in blue, and deers in purple. We also see that GAT has performed about the same as the S&P 500, but Deere has done better than both. So a reasonable job for the CEO if we're only assessing him on this metric. Good job. Okay, let's review some concerns and risks. There are a variety of risks you need to be aware of that can impact a company like CAT, and I'll cover some of them. Given our massive decade-long bull run, it's reasonable to assume we are overdue for a large pullback, which could then impact CAT. Their business is highly sensitive to global and regional economic conditions. For example, if China's growth is negatively impacted, perhaps by the trade war, then those dominoes could fall and hit Caterpillar. For reference, this is what Caterpillar in black, Deer in purple, and Spy in blue did when the most recent financial crisis hit us. So we can see all of them got hammered and then came back relatively quickly. Since Caterpillar's products are key for commercial construction, housing starts, and on general infrastructure spending, then if those industries are lagging, then Caterpillar will be impacted. Commodity price changes, for example in steel, can in adversely impact Caterpillar. Production challenges that their suppliers could negatively impact them. Regulatory and tax changes could also impact them in a positive or negative way. Increases in interest rates could negatively impact sales as it can affect their customers' ability to finance purchases 
and can impact their supplier's ability to finance components necessary in the manufacturing process. Changes in liquidity and credit availability due to changes in banks' monetary policies could negatively impact their customers, which could then impact them. Currency fluctuations could help or hinder them, given a material amount of the business isn't in North America. Tariff changes, economic sanctions, wars, and large political changes could impact them. Union disputes could impact them. They, like almost all companies, face cybersecurity threats, as well as could be negatively impacted by natural disasters. Another issue to be aware of, CAT received a grand jury subpoena from the District of Illinois requesting documents from them over a variety of things, such as their undistributed profits of their non-U.S. subsidiaries and the movement of cash within Caterpillar. The FDIC and IRS executed search and seizure warrants at three Caterpillar facilities. These warrants seem to be about the export of products between the U.S. and Switzerland. Another risk to be aware of is a potential anti-competitive practices issue that originated from Brazil, which names 18 companies and over 100 individuals as defendants, including two subsidiaries of Caterpillar. Finally, Caterpillar has threats from all their competitors that seek to outdo them. Anyways, those are some risks that I thought of and I found in their 10K, but dig deeper into things if you're so inclined. So big question, is it worth buying at today's price? Let's look at a discounted cash flow calculator on Guru Focus to see what they say. Here we see the CAT stock price is at around 126 bucks, but its DCF puts it at $115, so overpriced. We see that DE's price is around $166, but its DCF is at $122, so also overpriced. According to DCF, they neither look like they are worth considering, though CAT has a less negative margin of safety, so less net worth considering. <laughs> Let's take a look at their PEs. We see that CAT's PE is 11.79 and Deere's PE is 16.16. .16. The S&P 500 has around a 22 PE on average, so CAT's a lot more compelling PE than Deere has. We also see that CAT's forward PE looks insane at 9.99. Are you kidding me? Deere's forward PE is 14.97. With everything I've discussed, I'd personally rather buy more under 120, ideally under 115, but a strong case could be made that it's undervalued now and worth buying with everything I've mentioned. Their forward PE looks pretty nice. So getting in now is understandable and perhaps at a smaller position. It also depends on your overall portfolio allocations. If you're keen to increase your industrials exposure, then CAD is a decent candidate for you. That being said, CAD is a cyclical company. It'd be nice for it to decouple itself from the economy more. I'd rather see them transition into a more secular company that isn't beholden to the market cycle. Do that and they'll be rewarded as I'll almost always pay a premium for a secular stock over a cyclical one but some would say they are less volatile than other cyclicals out there. We can't time the market, but come on, we're potentially nearing the end of a long bull run. It might not be an ideal time to buy without a large margin of safety. But we all hear a lot of the fears out in the market right now with a recession coming. And when's the best time to buy if not when the fear keeps going up? Two decades from now, I don't think I would regret adding more shares of my cap position at these levels. I don't think so. Now, if the execs were doing this video, they would make this pitch. Saying that you should invest because they're achieving their aggressive targets, they are continually in a financially stronger footing, that their lean processes are optimizing how they operate, that their cash flow is improving, that they are investing appropriately for growth, and that they are bottom line returning capital to shareholders. 
At least that's my guess of what they would say. Let's also look at what analysts are recommending in terms of buy, hold, sell the stock per market watch. So here we see cat up on top and D down below. Dark purple is today, then slightly lighter is one month ago, and lightest is three months ago. So overall we see more bulls than bears. We see a slight downward trend from analysts for both cat and deer transitioning from a buy to a hold. A very small minority of bears have stayed bears. So what do you think? Are you a bull or a bear on cat? Are you going to buy, hold, or sell? Remember, I'm not a financial advisor, and you're responsible to determine what actions to take in your portfolio, such as buying or selling. All right, let's jump in the portfolio here, and we can scroll in. So we see it's been a nice red day today. Isn't that pretty? Caterpillar, I've got 200.7 shares of it. Portfolio now has 1,302.6 shares for these first uh, seven shares out of the 25 in my portfolio. We see that Caterpillar has been down in the last year. Current PE is about 12.14. Forward PE here is about 10.55 today. Dividend discount model says $521. We're in the industrial segment. Annual dividend $4.12. And the pay date is going to be November 20th. We see a dividend yield of 3.37% today. And then the three-year dividend company growth rate is 3.7%. And the five-year dividend company growth rate is 11.5%. And the 10-year dividend company growth rate is 8.7%. We see that the average weighted five-year dividend company growth rate for the portfolio is 11.58%, and the average weighted dividend yield is 2.87% for the portfolio. So for CAT, we have a value of $24,566, taking the portfolio to $141,000. And CAT passively drips $827 a year, bringing the total for the seven stocks to $4,076 a year of passive income. And we can see this is what the pie looks like at these levels with these stocks in it. So we see financials is about 31%, industrials is 17%, entertainment 10%, healthcare 11.4%, energy at 14.3%, and retail at 15.2%. So slowly they're getting kind of more interesting to see how things are getting weighed. But until we have all 25 stocks in there, it'll just get more kind of interesting. Let's see, so Caterpillar's been increasing dividends for 25 years. And they've consecutively been increasing them for 25 years. We see that the average weighted years of increasing dividends for the portfolio is 14.59 years. And Caterpillar is an aristocrat. 
and we see that the average weighted beta for the portfolio is now 1.1 and the average weighted market cap of the portfolio is about 146 billion and then this is a screenshot of my dividend payment email that E-Trade sent me a few days ago. It shows that Goldman Sachs paid me a quarterly dividend check for $138.67. I blacked out my account number. Since it's in a drip, it bought a little more than half a share of itself, taking me up to about 111.6 shares. Those additional shares took the Goldman Sachs portion of my annual passive income from $555 a year up to $558 a year. So this dividend payout just increased my annual passive income by about $3 a year just for this quarter. Thus, you can easily infer that each year that I hold Goldman Sachs, my brokerage, it'll increase my passive income by over $12 cumulatively every year, which should continuously increase as it compounds itself and as they increase their dividend. 60% of the time, it works every time. And this screenshot is another dividend check that also came in since my last reveal video. It shows that Travelers paid me a quarterly dividend check for $122.85. Since it's in a drip, it bought about 0.82 more shares of it, taking me up to 150.6 shares total. Those additional shares took the Travelers contribution of my annual passive income from $491 a year up to $494 a year. So this dividend payout just increased my annual passive income by about $3 a year just for this quarter. Thus, you can easily infer that each year that I hold Traveler in my brokerage, it will increase my passive income by over $12 cumulatively every year, which should continuously increase as it compounds itself and as they increase their dividend. So those two checks I got in the last week cumulatively are giving me another $24 per year every year. And then if we look at the copy of the dividends I've received. So here are the dividends for these seven stocks out of the 25 in the portfolio. And we see that for, for Travelers, Goldman Sachs, Home Depot, Chevron, and Pfizer, they've dripped $755.65 in September. And when we look at Q3, we see that here they are, Goldman Sachs in September, Travelers, Chevron, Pfizer, and then we have that Walt Disney one in July. And of course, there are all these all these other sections are blanked out uh, until I reveal the other stocks. Thanks, and I'll see you all in the next video. Remember, I'm not a financial advisor, and these videos are for entertainment, inspiration, and educational purposes only. Investing of any kind involves risks. I'm only sharing my opinion with no guarantee of gains or losses on investments. Don't use this information without double-checking it and talking to someone a lot smarter than me after you completely understand it. So I'll see you in the next video, and remember to stay positive, patient, play for the long term, keep investing in great companies, budget reasonably, and win. I know you can do it. Just like I know you can hit the subscribe, like, and bell icons and share this with others.